It is Sunday the 18th of April 2021 and this is episode 394 of Digital Outbox. Welcome along to another episode of Digital Outbox. I am Chris and Ian is with me, of course. Morning, Chris. Morning. It is morning and it is the weekend, therefore it should be sprightly. Um, I've got nothing else to say, so let's get on with the news. Let's let's get it. It's like you've decreed it. You've decreed it. It's sprightly. Let's go. Let's go. LG is going to stop making smartphones. So basically... After all the years of making smartphones, it has decided it's making too much loss off them, um, and it it doesn't find that it's able to make a smartphone with enough margin to make it worthwhile. So they are pulling out of the smartphone business, which, for a firm which is you know so into tech and the latest tech, it's 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 a, you know I guess it just shows that really if you're not Apple and you're not um, uh, Samsung, you're you're just not able to make a margin at the moment. And for a while, people said there was like a, an Apple market, and then there was like everybody else scrabbling for the, you know, the, the afters. And Samsung have kind of grabbed it. I guess there's other cheaper Chinese firms. One Plus, yeah, the, the ones that sort of track you. Yep. <laughs> allegedly, <laughs> or not allegedly, actually, that's me being cynical. But nevertheless, uh, the ones that aren't you can't sell in the American market. Um, but nevertheless. Yeah, it's it's kind of a big move. LG is a you know is a massive electronics firm, and they're having I guess they're making so much strides in the TV market at the moment that maybe they just feel like it's just not worth having a loss leader on a phone that they're just not going to win that battle. No, no, and um, you know so as you say, TV and home they seem to be really striving. You know, and and again, if you're looking for a if you're looking for, you know if you've picked up one of the modern consoles, modern consoles, new consoles, um, it's an easy buy. Just buy an LG. You know, just buy yep. one of the LG OLEDs, and it, it does. Everything. To be any, to be honest, any doesn't matter whether it's for the console or not. Just anything with a modern day source input, then the LG OLEDs are just a no brainer. Yeah, and and it's kind of staggering. So 2013, they were the third largest smartphone, and every year we've covered you know CES, and and, and they've actually brought quite a lot of innovation. You know, they did some things with you know cameras that were different and. You know, they even tried different form factors. So they had the they had the opening ones. They had a wing, which was a bit weird, um, but they lost four and a half billion over six years. Yeah, and it's obviously a lot of money to lose to one particular product type. Uh, and you know, if you think about Samsung having all their issues with their batteries and all those other things that they've had go wrong, um, you know, I guess they must still just about making be making ends meet um, to make it worthwhile. Given you know they they did respond to that battery issue and seem to absorb an awful lot of money there. Um, it's a good point because because it's not like LG didn't you know they weren't not selling phones they sold twenty eight million last year which sounds like quite a lot of devices Samsung two hundred fifty six million so ten percent of Samsung yeah so it's you know it's a tiny fraction of that but it shows you I think it shows you the economies of here's here's where you need to be you know you probably need to be selling the Samsung levels to match their price to make the profit to yeah. you know do the runs and. You know, twenty it's a never it's a never it's it's an ever evolving, ever moving market as well, isn't it? It doesn't mm-hmm. stand still, so you can't just make a product and sit on it. You have to make a product every year, effectively. That's that's kind of where it all comes down to and and they're just not they haven't got the thirst for it anymore. Um oh, just just 
quick, quickly cast your mind back, say, 10 years, and we would have started a story around Google and Oracle having a court battle about whether Google stole um, unfairly or unfairly copied a whole chunk of Oracle code um, that's around Java. Now, do you remember Oracle bought bought Java? And I think it probably was in this sort of same region anyway. That J- Oracle alleged that uh, unfairly Google copied that in order to use and put into their Android operating system, uh, which has since been there. Google said, no, it was fair use. It was foundational software that up until Oracle decided they were going to buy some microsystems and, and start enforcing all these things, it was fair game for everyone to use. Court has come back. So 10 years later, we're in the uh, court has come uh, down on Google's side. Um, and it seems like from the from the judgments that the judgment is we have to come down on Google's side because if we don't, then an awful lot of problems are going to arise from this and we're not willing to inflict that on our the, the user market. So it's it, from it doesn't sound like the judgments are based on what was right and what was wrong and what was done and shouldn't have been done. It was very much more about, well, if we judge this one way, then we're going to have no problems. If we judge it the other way, there's going to be all sorts of ramifications for this. Yes, um, and as you say, ten years ago, a long time. Um, so it was it was Oracle bought Sun. Sun owned Java, and as a lot of these companies do, they were like, hmm, "What can we? What can we go on now? What, what have we got that are you know patent wise and we can sue against?" And I mean, Androids. You know, we just talked about it with the phones. Androids huge. You know, seventy percent of the global smartphones are Android based. Um, there's a, there's an awful lot of, um, I mean, I mean, what, what if, if it had been found other way? I mean, it would have been Google would have been billions and billions and billions. Um, but there's there's been a couple of videos floating. Around, I think they've been floating around for a couple of years, just explaining what was what was really at stake here. So when they copied the API, they didn't they didn't like copy source code. It was basically saying if you've got an API that says here's how to you know here's how to you know pass into variables and add them together. So they copied that layout. Now, Google could have done it a different way, but they copied it, you know, pretty, I guess it's a pretty stinky way of doing it, but they copied it. But lots of other people do the same way. If you take if you take two numbers and you have to add it together, there's only so many ways you can do it. There's yeah, there's not... only so many ways you can write a function that takes in two <laughs> yeah. numbers, adds them and, together and outputs, a, you know, the result. Yeah, yeah. And, and I've taken probably one of the most simplest functions that, that it could sure. be. There's obviously hundreds of more complex functions, but that was at stake. You know, it was basically if they'd been found in Oracle's favour, it would have given them leverage to then go elsewhere and say, well, here's where other people have done similar. Yeah. Can you copyright a function within an, a wider API framework? Absolutely. When, yeah, like you say, there's plenty of APIs. Now, the, the I guess the, the sticking point here was how similar it all was. And really, they were creating something that was deliberately designed to be exactly the same as the, you know, the, um, that, the API that they were kind of framing it off of um yeah it felt at the time like it was uh, a bit of a stretch and again it was trying to add copyright to something that do you really think it should be copyrightable uh, and i guess like i say they didn't really make a decision on that they may you know they, and they so we still don't know <laughs> ultimately they spent 10 years and we know further forward other than they've kind of said i'm batting this down the road i'm not willing to make a judgment on exactly that they kind of said in their judgment that it was because they didn't want to prevent future innovation uh, off the back of a you know a, you know a, a, this this just judgment. So they they 
they're almost saying you can't have copyright where future innovation might be stifled and and that's um you know that in the dissenting uh, judgments that's what one thing they pulled out was mm-hmm. that's an, that's new interpretation of the law in this case and actually probably does break new ground and is that right or wrong well that that'll be found out i guess uh, in future and the main I mean, I think we've got our, I mean, I, I, for me reading this i'm not a i'm not a lawyer not a legal expert but it feels feels like this is the right thing for you know future innovation you know future business justice stephen Breyer was one of the so he went and actually learned how to program he went and learned java during this and he when he was questioning oracle said this is like trying to copyright a keyboard you know they like the keyboard mm. layout and saying nobody else can produce a keyboard and we've seen you know, we've seen Apple try and do similar things in the past where it says, I'm going to, you know, I'm copywriting the shape of this phone or the use of a finger to touch something. You're like, but there's only so many ways you can, I, I, I get you've invented something and patents are there for a reason, but, you know, so, some of it gets pretty ugly. If you if you invent, you know, something, let's just say you, you invent the tin opener, you're the first person to invent the tin and the tin opener. I guess that it's physical. You get to feel it. You get to see when someone's copying that. It gets filed as this this application. Whereas in the digital world, you're patenting something that doesn't exist. So for Apple, mm. it was the swipe the bar to unlock. Like, it was, yeah, it was and pull. It was like and, and then the kind of shrink. You know, with the, yeah. two, two so the pinch, pinch and all the, the pinch and gestures. And and it's whether it's whether that really is an innovation like creating mm. a can and a tin opener or whether mm. it's a something else and and that's hard man that you know that because at some level there you you do need to protect what you've invented but equally in the digital world the whole point is it's supposed to be replicatable without having to produce or anything you know it's just it's one of those things it's a hard hard thing and it's it's hard for our our brains to work out where that line is and it, i guess it, 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 it's, it's really difficult i mean there was a I think you know Samsung is is famous for almost like you know photocopying, and I know you know you know it, I noticed a screenshot the other day that showed you the new Samsung buds and how they pair on Android now, and it looks exactly the same as how Apple do it. Yeah. But but they've established a standard that people you know know and, and like, and it's you know just do something similar. You know, do you remember that whole Apple and uh, do you remember they quoted back to Star Trek and things like that where they were showing people using these? They were saying this was a new innovation, but they showed like TV footage of you know the next generation using tablets in in that exact kind of way and it's uh, interesting how things like that anyway 10 years long time that see, that's that's how long these things take you know i'd, I'd you... forgotten all about this yeah i'd like because if you remember we our podcast went through a, a period of every week every two weeks I remember henry henry was a legal expert <laughs> covering <laughs> covering all the different and there was so many just it was, it was endless, endless ones. Yeah, yeah, yep, it really was. Particularly Apple, Nokia, Motorola. They were all suing each other as 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 you know Apple grew in that mobile industry and. And that's oh. when Sun Microsystems was about the only one that wasn't suing anyone at the time. But then Oracle built them and then <laughs> bought them and and then they started joining in that fight. You know, we've got to get our money back for having bought this this technology. Uh, Google, Facebook and Amazon are going to be facing a new UK regulator. Well, anyone in the kind of um, big digital business and, and um, you know, era. Um, so basically, we've, we've they're going to be looking to... Uh, is it advertising revenue specifically or is it just looking to be pro-competition? So this is just the UK's stance on on curbing the, the you know, the, these big companies, basically. I think it is competition, but they're... they're... I think the first bit is around advertising, you know, because that's right. where a lot. Of, I think that's where a lot of the revenue comes from. These companies, you know, if you look at 
you know, Google is an advertising company. I know it's a, a tech company, but that's I, what is it? Something like ninety percent of its revenue is still driven from, you know, advertising. Um, so, and I think that, you know the the quote here is you know between if you look at Facebook, Google, and Amazon, um, that they control the, the the you know basically the market in the UK. Um, so this is a digital markets unit, um, which will try and put in code of conduct for these digital firms, and it's. I think I think the next sort of two three years, we'll see. I, I mean, I noticed America kind of reaching out to some of the big, I guess their big partners, and saying we need to we need to join up to do this. We can't, and that's that's been the problem all along. An individual country can't do this on their own because, you know, that these companies will just say, and we've seen it with you know, you know, based themselves in Ireland or based themselves in Luxembourg or based, they'll just say, well, I'm now based here and your laws don't apply to me. Yeah, and then it's and then and then we've seen other countries trying to put in their digital taxes. So we've seen Australia do that, but we've also seen some of the European countries doing that kind of independently. Almost, I think France has got some regulations along the the tax lines. There, uh, it does seem Europe does have some teeth, and it has implemented some mm. legislature and, and the GDPR type legislature. It seems to be spreading, so it's generally considered to be a good thing and spreading. So they do have teeth. Whether a UK regulator authority is going to cause any uh, problems for Google and and Facebook. Uh, it's hard to say or whether whether a bit like australia the threats will start coming in. if you regulate us like this we will just remove our products from your market it's not big enough for us to deal with the outcome of that so um you know there, there is that angle which we don't know about because we're moving into this new you know uh, uh, what's the word i'm looking for era of of you know being just a single country um and and whether that yeah, it does remove some of the teeth that we might have had before. But equally, I think we're seeing quite widely as a you know an innovator in this. So maybe other people will follow along if we start doing you know you know going in what seems to be a sensible direction. And this is all about trying to assist. It's been the competition and markets authority. It's all about, and again allegedly, um, making it a level playing field. So if you're a small firm, you don't get you know, and and that's what we've seen with some of the American. You know, when they've been in front of the Senate, that's been the the stories, particularly around Amazon. It was all around how they are they are disrupting um, smaller businesses that get popular, and then just saying, "Well, I can go and make this at scale, and I'll just kill your your search results, and and they'll yep. buy the Amazon Basics version." You know, even Peak Design. You know, Peak Design have been going for probably seven eight years, and kickstart other products, and you know, really well thought of. And as an Amazon Basics version of their well, one of their best selling bags. And it looks exactly the same. It's um, and they did a kind of spoof video, you know, five six weeks ago that lots of people were saying because it was just like, look at this. But then they were saying, but look how crap it is. But but if you look at the, if you look at the price difference, it was huge. Apple is starting to let iPhone, sorry, it's starting to let other manufacturers of products hook into their Find My tracking service. So. We know about Find My Phone or Find My Laptop, whatever it is. The Find My series of, of sort of the technology that works on that is their kind of is a Bluetooth sort of mesh network almost between devices, isn't it? Uh, and they're now allowing other manufacturers to hook into that. You do have to be part of Apple's sort of uh, accessories partner program, but nevertheless, it means you if you've got a device that has this mesh capability, it can you can hook into that and, and then therefore, yeah, potentially help look after your your stuff. This is like bluetooth earphones or um yeah other support i mean i think they're saying even um things like e-bikes and stuff like that they potentially could have the same kind of technology bit in 
It's it's actually three the three people that this is this is a strange announcement because it's came out of nowhere. You know, it's not a and, and we've got an Apple event next week. You know, so you'd think it's the kind of thing they would throw in there. So whether that's an indication that in their their sixty minute video or you know ninety minute video they've got lots to you know there's rumours of iPads and iMacs and all sorts. But a product that's been long rumoured is AirTags, which is similar to the little tile products yep. or little Bluetooth tracker. Samsung have got similar, and I think that. The, the bit that Apple's got is, is what you've just said, this kind of idea of a mesh network that, you know, if you've grabbed my bag that's got a, a, a tag on it and just see if you stole it. So it's no longer, I mean, Bluetooth-wise, once you're outside, what, 10, 15 metres, my phone's probably not going to see it. But it, but it, it, it securely, you know, as you walk by other devices, is passing at that information on. Um, and it's all... You know, privacy enabled. They're not sharing up with anybody else, but it does give you a really strong mesh, you know, network of devices. I mean, it's um, amazing that it's it's that there's that many devices, Apple devices out there that you this, can do it, it kind of they they literally have this ability to to scan it's, everything. It's really everywhere. clever. The three people that have started so Van Moof, um, is is an e-bike supplier, and I think but I think it's six months before these bikes come out, or three months before the bikes come out. There's Bell, Belkin have got some wireless earbuds that are not out, and there's another tracking tag that's not out. So it's a strange announcement that it was like, here's a software, third-party people can support it, and there's no devices you can buy. Well, you can you can pre-order, but you can't buy them. And are we going to see air tags next week? Possibly. Um, it's this again. A, um, you know, we've talked about it before that Apple's under a bit of regulatory pressure. Is this another way of saying? You know, we're it's, it's open because Tile, I think, are suing them. Right. You know, of course. <laughs> so Tile, a Tile, I think, have already. I might be wrong. Um, I think they are, or they were talking about. Uh, no, they've went to Congress, and they're talking about abuse over tracking apps and saying that Apple's anti anti competitive. So basically, they're saying they come into this market. They're screwing up with our last three, four years or whatever. In fact, longer than that probably even of having this product. I don't know. It was a Kickstarter, wasn't it, I think, when it first yeah. started? Or and, similar. And lots, and lots of people lots of people quite like Tile. But but for me, it's always been... It kind of helps me find it around the house, but once it's gone out of that area, I'm, I'm kind of done. that's how this mesh network solves, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if, you know, would, would Tile start to, you know, support that mesh network? Because it would definitely enhance their product, you know, and enhance their consumer base. And um, we'll see if if AirTags finally come. I just it's a horrible name. Find my, you know, it's just, but it, it makes a bit of sense. I mean, if you've got a bag, you know, if there's a bag manufacturer, either, you know, ba- you know, Peak Design. We just mentioned Peak Design. Would they bring out a bag with a this already built in? Talking of apps and wanting to enhance their functionality, <laughs> NHS COVID-19 app and the ongoing debacle. Anyway, <laughs> they wanted to make an update to the app which effectively allows the users to choose whether they wanted to upload their their uh, venue sign-in data to centrally. So basically where you scan yourself into venues and the idea is that that will check every now and again to see whether there's anyone else who's reported a positive case that checked in at the same time as you. Um, they wanted to make that more generally available by offering you the ability to upload centrally that that data. They said it was a voluntary thing. They updated their app to to do this, um, but it was blocked by Apple and Google because it goes against specific 
terms and conditions of using that service that says no you are not allowed to store any of this data centrally if you remember all of the the de- the problems with that app and the fact that the only way google and apple would let you have a constantly tracking uh, sort of service on it is if it was it was a decentralized service that had no central repository of data so they've blocked this latest update from going out uh, you know and the government has kind of said okay it's all everything's on hold and we'll just see where we go from here um but yeah it looks like they're trying to stretch and still try to reach and and you but you can see exactly why they want to do it as well i mean for as that they're being cheeky around the edges of this the reason they want to do it is is to try and help them with the discovery and the the, you know the release of this or getting out of the pandemic situation we're in so I mean, there's two sides to this story, yet um, it's it has been a sort of mismanaged, I guess, is the gentle way of saying it, since the very start. As as, as you know, it was it was a rushed process and um, and not not a shining uh, shining light on the way of things should be done. I just think there's a continual arrogance with the management of the teams. It's the, we saw it right at the start where it was, you know, we're going in a different direction than than the Apple and Google stuff, and. It won't hurt battery life. We had that whole was it Isla White we were testing it on, and it just wasn't mm-hmm. wasn't wasn't great. Um, and then they eventually rewrote it. Um, you know, this is you know every every developer you know, and I'm and I'm talking at a country level here, so every everybody knows the APIs and how it's been set up, and they go and develop it and submit it. I was almost like, uh, but we're the UK, so we're going to tell you to do it differently. And they both went two fingers, sort off. You know, Scotland went a different route. They're, they're using APIs. They knew it wouldn't work, so they produced a separate product. Yeah, so you've got two apps. Is that right? Yep, so you can download Check in Scotland. So you can, you know, check so in. So in, in effect, it's got the constant monitoring inside the kind of standard NHS app, and then for the actual check-in side of things and processing, they decided to do that in a separate app. Okay. And as you see, I get I get, I get, get the other side where, you know, they've done really, you know, it's been a really successful download campaign around the app. Um you know, for 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 both you know UK wide and and Scotland, they're sharing the data. It's, it's went really well. So there's lots of people have got that on their phones already. So probably you know it saves a lot of hassle if you've already got it. Bake this in, ties in with you know you know the the lockdown starting to ease. But it just you know it it, it just a really strange again another strange misstep around some of the technologies. Or maybe not a misstep, maybe just a deliberate. Testing of the bad waters and seeing what you know what they can it get. It was, with. but but it, but as I said, it's like you know nobody else around the world is doing this. You know, and I'm pretty sure they would have been talking to Apple and Google and saying we're going to bake this in, and they'll be saying, well, we're going to block it. Microsoft has acquired Nuance Communications for well, very nearly twenty billion. Um, <laughs> It's like mega bucks. Um, Nuance Communications. Now, I, you know, I don't think many of us would know of that. But one thing you might, if you're of a certain age, you might remember Dragon Dictate. Um, and Dragon Dictate was purchased by Nuance. So that's probably one of their best known consumer products. Um, but there's, there's other ones on there. So it's all about that kind of text to speech. And also, I think they had sort of OCR type scanning technologies as well. So uh, Microsoft has bought them like they've splashed. That's quite a bit of cash to spend on it. So I'm guessing they felt that this was going to shortcut them towards something that they're they're aiming to do. Yeah, it seems better on health. So I hadn't, I hadn't realized, but seemingly they're nuanced in a market reader on health uh, and particularly around still text to speech and chatbots and natural language processing. 
Yeah, well, they already had chatbot software, so this is yeah. maybe this. You know, it's so it's it's not like they didn't have something to start there, but I guess they saw something that maybe would help them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's also um, they're still involved with Siri. So interestingly, they were they were involved in some of the Siri technology and are still seemingly involved in it. So it puts maybe Apple in an interesting position around because Siri Siri is behind competitors. I mean, I know Microsoft killed. Um, Jeeves? No, not Jeeves. No. Um, um, Cortana. Cortana. Because that's what but you that, always used to. That's yeah. what I always used to shout. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they've killed that. So, so I wonder if they have. You know, was Cortana just lagging behind, and this is them saying actually we do need to be in that space. Um, so we'll certainly we'll things see. like automated customer response online, all those kind of things rely on a lot of text to speech and and yeah, intelligent sort of making a bot sound like a human and there's definitely directions here that you can see it going conversational ai and all those kind of natural language things so yeah especially i think around azure and how much you know cloud hosting it's now done you know it's not it's maybe not something that is sitting and i think there was a big thing around you have to have on your desktop i think it's more that as you say the you know kind of you know replacing you know help desks and replacing that kind of side of things where you might just be saying Oh, I need a password reset. Sure, Chris, I can help you with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wonder how long it's going to be before they admit that AWS and Azure are basically Cyberdyne networks. <laughs> I mean, well, it, look, they're going to cut, there's going to be a news story come out of the BBC in the next five years, and they're going to go, yeah, AWS has become self-aware. <laughs> you, you, you want my words. Um, when have I ever been wrong? Microsoft has announced Surface Laptops 4. Um, uh, so, so yes, this is the fourth fourth iteration of their Surface uh, sort of portable slash mobile offering. And uh, interesting, this time they're offering AMD and Intel. Uh, AMD comes at a discount, um, but they are sort of last gen AMD processors rather than their kind of latest Zen 3 or whatever you call it. I think they're Zen 2 based. Um, Intel, um, as we know, they don't really have a current generation of processors at the moment. So, uh, but yeah, Intel comes with a bit of a premium um, and yeah, everything else, they're, 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 they're Touting up the you know massive uh, percentage improvement in, in performance capabilities, uh, and you know pretty standard sort of storage and and RAM sort of capabilities, but they do get pretty expensive when you start upping the processor and the RAM and whatnot. Uh, so if you want a sort of what would be a laptop reasonable sort of scope of a terabyte of storage and an i7 processor, you're talking two. Two thousand two hundred odd dollars, and so that's you know, it's not a cheap bit of kit. But nevertheless, I think it's other than a few, ed, you know, sort of niggles that people have with them. They 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 have been received quite well in that Windows market. They have the design of them is really good. As you say, the interesting bit is that AMD versus Intel. Um, the AMD ones all being two to three hundred dollars cheaper, and they but they reckon the you know the the base models of both will be performing quite similarly. Um, and better battery life in the MD as well. So again, is this just another shot across in, shot across Intel's? You know, it definitely is, isn't it? Microsoft you know, and Intel is the is the partnership that that surely yep. this is this is this is definitely a threesome now. Uh, yeah, and they're basically saying you need to up your game. And I know Intel a few weeks ago they're they're investing heavily in US fabs, and there's a whole again not 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 really something maybe we maybe cover too much in depth. But there's a whole you know the whole chip shortage that now everybody's seeing is probably well into next year, maybe 2023. Amazing. So Sony, NVIDIA, 
um, are all coming out and saying it's not just this year, folks, it's well into next year, maybe the year after. And there's a whole yeah. um, political realisation that where chips are produced is such, you know, it's almost like the steel market of probably 100 years ago. You know, that, and, and, and you look at UK giving away things like ARM, you know, yeah. and not protecting that as a, as a you know, a, a, you know, a key differentiator from it, especially with the whole Brexit stuff and us being on our, you know, I'm saying on our own, it, it's, it'll be interesting that, that chip wars and chip availability. Chip wars, is, love it. It's going to be a thing. <laughs> I wonder if, um, yeah, I wonder what other industries, you know, uh, the, the sort of processor industry has a big lag to it. Obviously, mm. there is a massive design phase, then a massive manufacturing sort of implementation phase. And, and all these things do work on that lag. And, and clearly, we're hitting now the start of the big problems of that lag caused by the pandemic and lockdowns and all those other things that we've had. And I wonder what other industries we're going to see the same kind of thing. And Oh, well, I mean, this is probably the most important industry to so many different areas of our you know, society that, that, yeah. But then equally, does it, you know, the fact that we don't have a new chip, does it actually affect us at the moment? You know, does it, is well, it going to affect us? But I think what I, what I found interesting was, it was probably about, I don't know, three months ago, two months ago, there's a number of car manufacturers saying, yeah, the, this current chip crisis is, is stopping us delivering cars. And imagine the price goes up in the market because of scarcity and then yep. things like when you've got a £6,000 processor in your car because that's what it costs now, uh, then you then that processor no longer becomes economical when all it was doing was demisting a windscreen or whatever, you know. Uh, Rumours that Apple, so Apple are famous for not being impacted. You know, they, they've got the money to dominate. Um, Rumours are that their new screen technology and also some of their chips and, and other hardware products have been impacted. And that's why... You know, we've got an event on Tuesday. Everybody was predicting the event was mid March, so it's kind of a month late, um, and it feels a month late because because they usually get the OS releases timed. And fourteen point five has been in beta for I think they're at beta version eight or nine now. So it's it's there's there's definitely you, you can see, and and that's just the markets we know about. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, we talked about health. How how many you know was there a was there a chase last year around ventilators that is you know forced retooling and yep. you know it's I think I think we I think we are now seeing I think we saw it in some industries last year but I think we're now seeing probably a real a real flow on of um, COVID impact we're seeing it in game releases we're seeing yeah. it you know elsewhere where it's a you know there is a real world you know everybody working from home does have an impact. Microsoft are releasing new products that will help you work from home. Ongoing Surface Headphones 2 Switch. Plus for business. Uh, in fact, they re they announced quite a, a few different things. And um, basically, these are all designed to help you. Basically, they've got an integrated, as far as I can tell, <laughs> the headphones, they've got an integrated mute button with an LED on them. Um, but they're trying to spin this, that this is all work from home stuff. So they've got everything saying is uh, certified for use with Microsoft Teams. And again, does that mean that my headphones that work perfectly well with Microsoft Teams are not certified? But what difference does it make? That well, doesn't make any difference. But but they've they've basically released um yeah a, a USB wireless headset, a USB C speaker, uh, and a modern webcam. So all the kind of things they would release anyway. But now it's designed and it's being spun that it's this is purely for home working and and whatnot. I'd still laugh because because it's like a Microsoft modern USB headset and a modern <laughs> USB C speaker and a modern webcam and it's like what does the modern got to do with it? But the, 
it's they're they're pretty pretty standard products. There's nothing. I don't think there's anything on them that you'd go, wow. Microsoft has been making some pretty good products recently, though, so they they will be of interest. Um, There's been a big like webcam shortage, and if this is another 1080p high def good quality webcam then people will be interested in it because they haven't been able to get a hold of them recently um and like say the, the say the xbox headset that they released recently that came in with really good good reviews Absolutely. so so yeah they've been they've been able to do this yeah the peripherals to be fair i've always been you know, i'm even going back to like keyboards and mice you know they've, they've, they've generally done well and i think you know i i really you know look at the surface laptops and you know, the Surface Pros, they are really well-made devices. Better, I would say better than the Apple kind of equivalents, as in we had Magic Mouse, which was, for me, a catastrophe, oh. and I don't know why that thing is not burnt and set, you know, just sent off of this planet into another one. And they're uh, Apple keyboards. People people sort of say they're kind of very well-engineered pieces of kit, but actually I find them very uncomfortable to use and awkward to use. So so um, only the, the mouse. I have never seen an Apple mouse that is good. You know, I I, I I default to Logitech. I've done for yeah. probably twenty odd years now. I, yeah. I I flirted with Microsoft for a while, um, and I can you know the the butterfly keyboards. They just made such a misstep over the last four years that only last year's redesigns have fixed. Yeah. Um, you know, so you know I, I I do love a lot of what Apple does, but I, I think the last four or five years of they have made mistakes. For me, things like that keyboard and things like the uh, the mouse were just where design sorry that design and elegance takes over from actual functionality well, but, and yeah it's just and, they cl- and they clearly had you know taking some ports away and it's like as a laptop user you know i, I do need ports and i do wish what you know an sd slot to put a card in and instead of a, i've got one USB-C that i need to share so i'm probably buying a hub and then buying other cables and you know and, uh, uh, anyway but make yourself as you say you know Good, good. It's interesting. The webcam was interesting for me because it's a narrow field of view, so it's only seventy-eight degrees rather than. I mean, I've got a, you know, it's a Logitech that I'm, I'm pointing at right now, and they're all talking about how it's got a nice wide view, and it's like most of the time I don't need it. Nobody needs yeah. to see that behind me. They need to see me. They need to just see like my head talking. Yeah, and I think there will be some innovations in the webcam arena and and in that kind of home office type video conferencing. So maybe this is the start of that uh, where we will see, yeah, maybe that technology a bit like, you know, where like Oculus and that sort of focus all the resolution into one place. Maybe we're going to start seeing stuff like that happen, you know. Logitech have got away with murder. Their their cameras haven't, you know, they've been market leaders and have not really changed. I bought this. I bought this camera uh, that we. I'm sort of having video conference with you now. It must be ten years ago, and it's almost precisely the same product that is still marketed today. Yeah. You know, they really did take a march on it, and and I guess the market is now caught up with it. And I think they're, they're working from home because we're seeing more and more companies just saying, actually, yeah, working from home makes sense. PS3 5, PS3 5, PS5 update has added a USB storage system for games. Now, you might think, yes, great, I can store more games. And indeed, you can store more games, yet you cannot play the games that you store unless they are uh, aligned centrally in your high-speed SSD drive that's inside it. So whilst you can shuffle games around, and the intention is to allow you, instead of having to delete and re-download each time that you want a game you can shuffle it off onto we'll call it like aws glacier storage right you put it onto your to the side so that when you need to you can drag it back in and and actually access it so it's an interesting 
dilemma almost that these drives are just too small to hold games you have to do shuffles and it's such a drag to have to download them each time and 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 pointless waste of energy time and bandwidth basically that that each time you want to play you're having to re-download um maybe maybe stadia has got a future after all i'm I'm surprised it took this long to come out i know i think it's been the biggest ding ps5 is a great piece of kit it hasn't um, had no. too many sort of updates, has it? Though they, they, no. up since launch day. No, and uh, you know this 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 was one a lot of people were crying out for because you know Call of Duty is huge. You know, as in I don't just mean as in lots of people play it, but it's a huge game. It's a huge game, and it's and the Sony Drive was even smaller than the Xbox, which already feels so restricted. Yeah, it does. It does. So, um, so yeah, and and your your example, the kind of Glacier story, is just perfect because other. People said the same. This is basically cold storage. You know, you see, you're using it as a as a store. You can't run from it. Um, but but welcome because because downloading. You know, if you had to choose, but oh, do I really want well, to download this hundred? Even gigs? even a base game now is sixty gig, and then it's talking about you know once you've got everything you need, it's sort of one hundred and twenty gigs. It's amazing amounts of data having to tra- transfer, and it's bonkers that our networks now support that kind of thing. But but broadband providers have been highlighting constantly that whenever these new game updates come out. It kind of whether crippling the network is probably an over exaggeration, but it certainly causes contention. Yeah, I mean Virgin. I think the last two Call of Duty updates, Virgin. I've said, I mean, I've got the press releases spammed in my inbox around Virgin sets another data record in the UK, and it is, it is the Call of Duty updates. It's scary. Um, and I thought the other the other one that was an interesting one was this this idea of um, sharing play. So cross-generational share play. So PS4 and PS5 players can now, when you're chatting in parties, parties I can now, if I've got my PS5 on and somebody else on a PS4, you can let you can view the game or let them try the game. Um, I, which is an inter- it's almost like an interesting take on that kind of streaming stadia type yeah. thing because you're just streaming the content to them and you can basically pass them a virtual controller. Um, yeah. So in- interesting, but not not exactly up there on you know a top ten wish list of things. Whereas, let me I, run some older games from that USB, please. You know, it's... I guess I guess the top ten though would be: can you just release some more consoles, please, so I can actually play these things? Because for a lot more of people consoles... who didn't get in that first tranche, yeah. there people still waiting on queues, basically. Uh, yeah, I, I one of my work colleagues she she messaged two weeks ago saying that she'd won out on a Curry's lottery. So they're they're doing it via like lottery systems where you're still. There's still thousands of people um, trying to chase down, you know, rare stock, and she was just lucky, got it, and loved it. It's amazing how quiet the next gen sort of news cycle and releases have become since since that launch when, window. I guess because they just don't want to highlight and stick people's noses in it. I guess. Well, we're um, less than two months away, six weeks away from E3. Um, so again, Sony aren't going to be talking there. I don't Nintendo are, but but certainly Microsoft are talking up. Um, and whether they're in a better place with you know you know buying Bethesda and surely at some point you know some of their first party titles you know surely we get a Forza this year. Mm. You know it feels like it's been three is it three years since there's been any I new think Forza. They were, I think they were talking about Forza being released to consumer play testing in some sort of you know yeah. test environments stuff coming up. So yeah. I guess that means they're at least. They've got some working code somewhere rather than we we just saw videos last so time we it, had. It's a big year, you know. So mm-hmm. if they land a Forza, Halo, and if there's a big Bethesda title comes out, that is that is some big first party titles that again all come on Game Pass as well. Kind of at last as well, if that does yep. happen, because we've Whereas, been waiting probably three years for big releases at, the, yeah, at this point. I think 
think the kind of the kind of first or, or kind of exclusive titles coming from Sony are looking slightly thinner. They've already said GTs next year. Um, Horizon, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, Horizon. You know, there's been nothing more said. God of War, nothing more said. So that was Ragnarok. So their their titles, you're like, mm, what is what is going on? There you go. That is our news for this week. Um, do you have any picks? I do not, Chris. No, fantastic. Find out more about what we are, who we are, what we do, digitaloutbox.com. Um, if you want to speak to me, you can. If you want a cheesy UK on Twitter, Ian, where are you about on social? I um, just go to iandick.com and hopefully it's still up and, <laughs> and you can link from there. And three weeks today, you'll be racing, Chris. Is that is it only three weeks flipping heck? Yes, they announced that we were starting back. Um, yeah, sooner than we expected. So, our academyracer.co.uk should spark back into life. I guess at that point, it's um, alive. It, 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 maybe, maybe <laughs> we'll see. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, that's an exciting part of a nervous part of my with a new car and everything. Um, there are some stories on my blog already about the new car, but. Um, I've still got a few more to add before the season starts, so keep an eye out there. Happy Lovely. Days. Indeed. We will um, sp- well, we've got an Apple event incoming, so we will probably speak to you relatively soon about all the twos and fro's of that, and uh, until then, we'll speak to you. No, we won't speak to you until then, but uh, whatever. You know what I mean. Ta-da! <laughs>